Guys, you can sit down or do whatever you want to do, lay down, I don't mind. Um, I've got my Sunday jumper on, I'm all good. How about you? Are you good? You got your Sunday jumper on, Pete? Is that your Sunday jumper? It's good, I like it. Everybody else got a Sunday jumper on? You've got Sunday jumpers, we like it, so we're feeling good. We're dressed up, we've been worshipping God, we've been praising God, and now we're going to hear some amazing stories from what's happening across the city. So can we give it up and uh, introduce to you Owen from Kids Club. So let's just give a huge round of applause. Bless you, brother. Um, Hi, everyone. Um, Yes, as you heard, my name's Owen, uh, and I do work for something called Kids Club. Um, So, um, well, I've totally forgotten what I was going to do. What was I going to do? I was going to read something. That's what we were going to do from the Bible as well. That's helpful, isn't it? So, Becca, Pete, and Ben, we're going to come up and uh, we're going to read a passage together. When the Son of Man comes in glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate the people from one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you, are blessed. Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the word. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry, and gave you food, or thirsty, and gave you something to drink? And when was it when, that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them. Truly, I say to you, as you did it, as you did it to one of the least of these, brother, of these my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into, eternal, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and gave you no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, saying, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick in prison, and did not take care of you. Then he will answer them. Truly I say to you, as you didn't, did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it, to, do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Brilliant. Thanks, guys. Um, so, my name's Owen. I work for something called Kids Club. Um, and um, I used to like cycling. I used to like it quite a lot. I used to be quite into it. Well, used to quite like it. Um, until someone made me cycle from Liverpool to Leeds in, in a day, um, which I wasn't very happy about at the time. Um, but part of the training for that meant that we had to cycle along the Leeds-Liverpool Canal uh, quite often. So we had to do it a lot leading up to when we were going to do it a few years ago um, in August. Was it in August we did it? 
July time, June time. Um, and we had to do a lot of training rides uh, in order to get up to being able to do this epic journey. Uh, and in one of those journeys, uh, one of those uh, training rides, um, I ended up in the canal, which I wasn't very happy about at the time. And I was also very scared of, scared of what I might catch from doing this. Because we were, we were, I, I was not very uh, in shape uh, at the time. Well, I'm not in very shape now. But I was really not in shape at that time. So when we were on this training ex training uh, ride, um, I was absolutely exhausted by the time that we'd got back to almost into Leeds. So, and under the bridges, um, when you get over the canal, when you get close into the city center, um, the path narrows quite a lot. So in order to get under, you need to get uh, moving pretty quickly underneath the bridge so that you can zip along, along the path. Um, out the other side uh, without having to, you know, pedal along and you need to get through. Um, but, unfortunately, we had a bit of a pile-up underneath the last bridge before getting to the city centre. Um, and I was too tired, basically, just to do that, which would have taken me into the wall. What I did instead was that, which ended up with me very slowly creeping into the, into the canal. Um, bike and all, bike on top of me, uh, which was... Very distressing because we parched a sewage works about a mile down the road. So I was quite, I was convinced I was going to come out with something or other. I was going to be pretty ill um, by this. So I'm desperately trying not to drink any water or breathe at all. Um, so, and I'm trying to tread water, holding onto my bike because I don't want to lose the bike. I don't want to get ill. So I'm treading like water. Pete's on the side of the road thinking this is the funniest thing he's seen ever. Uh, and only one of the guys that I was with actually helped, which was, yeah, so he, I know where you find out who your friends are in these situations. And so he took the bike, and at that moment, I felt my toes touch the bottom of the canal. And I stood up, and the water only came to about here. <laughs> so I was feeling very silly as well, so I managed to climb out of the water as quickly as possible. And I'm exhausted, very cold, uh, and not particularly positive about this entire experience, and not very positive about the idea of cycling in a few months' time from Liverpool to Leeds. Uh, which uh, most of the guys, well, the most of our team managed to do the whole thing, which was amazing in a day. Uh, and some of these guys then last summer cycled from High Park Leeds to High Park London uh, in two days, which is a mammoth journey. Um, but just amazing, like, show of kind of determination, uh, commitment to what they were doing in order to see it through, which I thought was absolutely amazing. We had a, we had a team training event uh, for kids. Well, what I could do is I could tell you a lot about Kids Club. I could tell you all the different things that we do all across the city. But I'm not going to do that because I feel like we might, we might get a bit lost in that. There's so much stuff, I'm just not going to bother. So if you're involved in Kids Club in volunteering capacity, uh, we've got several people who pray, which is absolutely amazing. Um, but if you volunteer, if you give your time to a thing that is, that's Kids Club so you can tell someone about it, would you be able to stand up now so that, uh, so that they would, so people know... Um, Pat's being very slow getting to her feet, come on. Um, who else does? So if you have any questions about Kids Club at all, uh, at the uh, end of today or in the future, then you know to speak to these guys. Uh, and they can you know, tell you something or other, or they can pass you on to me or something. Uh, but at the end of today, just come talk to me. Um, yeah, so like I was saying, we have a team training evening once a term. So all our volunteers are invited, all our team are invited to be together and we do something either practical, uh, some sort of practical training, uh, or we did something like we did the other day where we talked about what is it 
that we find really valuable or really important uh, about Kids Club for ourselves so that we could work out actually what are our really true values. 13 years we've been run running. What are our values? What are the things that we hold really dearly to us that might help us work out where we want to go in the future? So we did that with the whole like, volunteer team, which was really good. Uh, and there were several things that really struck me. But one thing in particular was a young guy called Ethan. He's 13, and he used to come, he started coming to Kids Club when he was five years old. Uh, he then finished Kids Club when he was about 11, went into high school, uh, and he now comes to a youth group that I run in Hare Hills, uh, and he uh, is a young volunteer. So he now volunteers his time to Kids Club. Uh, and he said, um, what really struck me when I was growing up was the determination of the, of the adults that, that I knew that came to my house every week and told me about Jesus, the determination they had to pass on this message to me. That was the thing that struck me more than anything growing up. And he, said, and he couldn't think of the word, the other word he was trying to, he couldn't think of determination. And he said, commitment. I realize now how much commitment that meant for these people to do that. Every week they came to my house. Every week they were there on a Saturday morning for me. And he said that just made all the difference. A young lady called Maria, uh, who was 15, uh, and started coming to our Beeston Kids Club when, uh, when she was about five, six. Uh, and now she's also a young volunteer. She's about 15 now. Uh, she got baptized uh, before Christmas, which is absolutely a wonderful event. Yeah, praise Jesus. It was an amazing thing to happen. Uh, and one of my colleagues, Laura, who used to visit Maria at home every week, uh, was there at the baptism. It was a really emotion, you know, moving service for her uh, to see this young lady get baptized. And Maria's mum came up to Laura afterwards, took her hand, and with tears in her eyes said, thank you for what you've done for our family. You do not know uh, what you've done for, done for Maria, and she would not be who she is today if it wasn't for you. And, and so Maria, who, you know, young lady, difficult uh, area that she's grown up in, difficult things gone on, um, but she's, she's given her life to Jesus, she's been baptized, uh, and it's because of these people who visited, uh, visited her at home every week. And she was able to come to Kids Club, and she was one of those kids that just threw herself into it and just loved it. And I saw her at this same training event, and she said, um, do you know, Owen, um, she said the same thing. She said, I just, I wouldn't be who I am if it weren't for Kids Club. But she said, the reason that I do it is because... I'm so, she said, I really want the kids that I know in my neighborhood to see, I want to see their faith grow. Because it was other people that invested, put their, gave their time for me. And I wouldn't be who I am if it weren't for those people. So she's now grown up knowing, actually, I want to do the same thing. I've seen it in someone else. I want to do that as well. It was amazing testimony. Amazing testimony. And we... Um, we're also very fortunate at Christmas time to be able to give out a lot of hampers. Uh, so families who uh, we know well, so that we like to give them a treat, like to give them basically a Christmas present. Um, but also, um, like some families that we know well, maybe going through a difficult patch, 
uh, need a bit of help, or maybe there have been a lot of things that have, that have happened, a lot of problems in, over the years, and we just like to help people out, which is nice. And a lot of churches kind of help us do that, which is amazing. They give us stuff. We put together these hampers, and we give hampers. And we gave out 171 hampers, Christmas just gone, which is amazing. We gave them out on the visiting rounds, so people who know the families, they can give them out. A um, couple of years ago, it really came home to me how important it is because um, single-parent mum, she had four kids, and she, the city council just moved her into uh, a pretty rough part of uh, Leeds, very near the city, city centre, a um, pretty rough part. And um, when you walk into the house, there's no carpet on the floor. It had all been stripped out. Uh, and there's just, like, there's just scratches and all sorts of stains on the walls. Um, but count, the council dumped her in there because it was a big enough house. So it wasn't really ready for anyone to live there. And the council do amazing things. I'm not saying that, you know, that at all that that's indicative of who they are. But for this family, unfortunately, this is what life looked like. Um, so a single parent mum, she's four kids put into this house. Um, and they got to know Kids Club and they started coming along, these kids, and uh, I would go and see them each week, uh, which is amazing, like, just privileged to stand, hang out with these amazing kids. Um, and they would come along. And when it got to Christmas, I was able to give them a hamper. It was amazing because, because some of them are really big and they're just chock full of all sorts of good stuff and treats and cakes and things, uh, Christmas stuff and crackers and things. And we able to give it and have that wonderful response when the door opens and someone asks, oh, so what, do I have to pick something from in the hamper? And you say, no, 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 the hamper's for you. And when I gave it to this particular mum, um, she just broke down uh, and she said to me, um, uh, thank you, and she just started weeping and weeping, just said, thank you, thank you, thank you, over again. But she said, you don't know what this means to me and you don't know what this means to my kids because we weren't going to have a Christmas this year. There's no Christmas for us. But with this hamper, we're actually able to have Christmas. So you then put it in a locker, in a cupboard, lock the cupboard. And so that's a Christmas. So we'll put that, put that away uh, and we'll just save it up for that day, which is an amazing thing to be able to do. And it just brought it home to me how important things like that are. Now, the passage that we read was uh, this amazing passage that Jesus talks about uh, what it means uh, to hang out with people that are right on the margins of, of our society, what it means to, to be with those people. And he, and he includes this amazing part of the passage um, where he describes, uh, he describes the least of my brothers. And in my translation, in the, new, in the uh, NRSV, it says, uh, the least of my family. It's amazing to be here today at City Church um, and break bread with you um, because it is that wonderful feeling that we are a family, that wonderful feeling that actually there may be differences, but we share one bread and we share one blood. We share this meal, which I find it absolutely amazing. I find it really emotional. Uh, and I actually just, I did find it very emotional. I found it very difficult to sing the songs because actually we, do, we are one family. And no matter who, where we go or what we do, we are one family. And what Jesus says to us, he says, if we are one family, do we look out for the ones that are most struggling? Do we look out for those that are uh, really, on, really on difficult times, really on the edges? Um, and you really got to think about these kids that grow up, up often in very difficult situations, very difficult circumstances. Um, but what a privilege it is 
that he says, when you're with them, you see me. What a privilege it is, because it is a commitment and it is determination that's going to see, see these children's lives changed. But what a privilege it is to do it, because we get to see Jesus. And that, I'm really amazed, is actually the longer I'm involved with kids, the more I realize what a privilege it is to be part of these families. What a privilege it is to be part of these stories, of lives transformed. Because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about lives transformed. We're talking about children's lives being pushed in a different direction. So for us as God's people, what does that look like for us who are determined, who are committed uh, for lives to be changed, for, for lives to be full of faith and the love of God for the future? What does that look like for us? And what does that look like for us as individuals? One of the other stories I wanted to share is just about um, a friend of mine called Rachel. Uh, um, Rachel lives uh, just north of Bangkok uh, in Thailand. Uh, and uh, Rachel's life um, scares the unmentionables out of me. Um, she absolutely, she, because she lives out there with her husband, James, uh, and uh, they spend a lot of time, well, they mostly work uh, in an orphanage out there. Um, but about three years ago, uh, they adopted a little girl called Lily, uh, who has cerebral palsy. Um, she's a, a little Thai girl who, um, yeah, abandoned at birth, and then Rachel and James have adopted her. Uh, and about a year and a half ago, they adopted a little boy called Tom, uh, who's hard of hearing. Um, but those two scare me to death, because I'm kind of avoiding going out to see them because I'm kind of aware that if I see the way that they live, the decisions that they've made, the sacrifices that they've made, um, I don't know how I'm going to live the life I live. Do you know what I mean? When did you ever like, think about people that you kind of, I don't really want to see, look at that too closely because I'm quite, I quite like my life. Um, and I really, like, I really like nice, comfortable things. I really like being comfortable. Uh, the house I live in is very cold, and I don't do well at that um, because I'm, a bit, I'm, a, I'm quite soft, to be honest. Um, so uh, I'm wearing several pairs of socks right now. Um, so just that, for me, is just I find it really difficult looking at those sort of things, and maybe uh, you do too. Um, so, uh, but I'm aware that ultimately um, there's something that Christ calls us to do. Uh, and certainly in his life, um, the, co the, the cost for him uh, was ultimate. And yet he says to us, in the light of his life, he says to us, um, take up your cross. So for us, what does it look like uh, to take up our cross? And what does it look like for perhaps our lives to move around to be shifted around in order to make space for what it is that God's calling us to do? And do we have the, the commitment, do we have the determination to see through what it is that he's asking us to do? Um, because I know I find that really difficult. I, I, I kind of think I don't. I don't have the determination to see through the things that he asked me to do. I'm terrified sometimes. I used to when I was small, you know, when you say, say those prayers, anything, Lord, I will do anything, just say it to me. I will go, I, uh, Congo, yeah, sure, I'll go there, definitely, you know, send me. And the older I've got, the less likely I've been to say those prayers. 
because ultimately, I quite, I quite like things that are comfortable, um, unfortunately, and I wish I didn't, um, but there's something in the call of Christ uh, that says that things need to shift in order for his kingdom to come. Thinking about, because I'm here from Kids Club, if we think about um, the children in this city uh, from inner city Leeds who don't know Jesus, uh, whose families are not Christian families, uh, who, uh, whose lives can look very chaotic and who can be very isolated, what is our response as God's people? What is our response as a family? Uh, and what's our response as individuals who are called by Christ to be like him? The power phrase this week was at Kids Club, Jesus says, follow me. So what does it mean to follow Jesus for, for the children of inner city Leeds? And because these kids, um, at, the end of the, at the end of the Bible, I always mention this, this passage, but it means so much to me. At the end of the, uh, at the, end of the Bible, there's a book called Revelation, um, and it's a series of visions by a guy, that a guy called John had. Uh, and the, one of the last things that he saw uh, he said, I saw a new earth, a new heaven and a new earth. And what he's describing is at the end of time, when all things are made new, when all things finished, when Jesus comes back, he says, this is what lo- the world looked like. He says, there was a new earth, heaven, and there, there was a new heaven and there was a new earth. And he said, in that place, all things were made new, that all suffering was over, that there was a party. Essentially, Jesus talks a lot that at the end of time, there will be a party. But these kids need to know that they're invited. They need to know they're invited because they just, they won't know unless we tell them. People don't know unless we tell them. But there is a party and the king says, send out the invitations. Will you take these invitations out to the people that I want to bring? Because the high and the mighty have turned down the invitations. Will you go out into the forgotten places? Will you go out into Lupton Avenue in Bermontos? Will you go out onto Harehills Road? Will you go out onto Cottingley Streets? Will you go out to the forgotten neighbourhoods in our city and take the invitations with you and say there's going to be a party? You're invited. There's going to be a big party. Yeah, I do just want to leave with just a challenge um, that um, ultimately the service will finish, uh, but the kids will still be there. Um, so I do, I do put a challenge to you just to pray and to ask yourselves, what is your place uh, in what God is doing with these kids in inner city Leeds? What is your place in it? Because he's saying very strongly to us that uh, keep going. Um, and the, the harvest truly is plentiful, but we have, very, we have few workers to handle this harvest. So um, we do need people. So if you want to talk to anyone about it, I'm here after the service uh, right now. Um, or there are the guys that stood up earlier, um, and they'll be here you know, next week and the week after, and just come and talk to them uh, and ask them about it, um, and they'll answer any questions. But yeah, just love you to come down. And the first step would be to come and visit one of our activities. So you could see it, you could talk to one of the staff. Um, that'd be the first step. So there's these calendars, there's some around the, um, on other tables. If there aren't enough on your table, there's some on these tables around here. Um, and that's our newsletter, our January newsletter. Um, so grab one, don't leave without one.